This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> this is the second part of our discussion on dreams. If you missed it, you might want to go back and listen to the first part so you can play a little catch up before listening to this one. Thanks. Okay, so, well, there are some theories that say, um, so there's the activation synthesis hypothesis that claims that... It's not even a real thing. Somebody just wanted to put a bunch of annoying words together. You just wrote that, didn't you? I have to pronounce these words. Anyway, um, that dreams don't mean anything. That it's basically a brain dump, which is one of the theories also that revolves around dreams, is that you get a bunch of shit in your head from day to day, and when you sleep, your brain's like, oh my god, I have this garbage, I don't know what to do with it, so I'm just going to like kind of vomit spew it into the wood chipper of dreamland yeah they are merely electrical brain impulses that pull random thoughts and imagery from our memories so it's just this it's kind of like toddler that's either throwing a tantrum if it's a nightmare or that's having a grand old time um just kind of taking all the memories from your day-to-day life and just creating scenes out of it but none of it I feel like I'm gonna have this nightmare about a toddler with a blender tonight just throwing (laughs) shit into it chewing up dreams well you know Ah! if I go back through my abnormal psych classes and talking about how your experiences during the day the neurons fire through your brain and it writes these chemical pathways and that when you remember something something stimulates your brain to fire off the same pathways again that's how you remember Something stimulates that same circular pathway through the brain that evokes the rest of the memory. So it's part of your memory storage and recall ability. Um, So at night, since there's no conscious to guide it, it makes sense that the fact that your brain still has neurological impulses firing off and it just they kind fire of drunkenly, it just yes. drunkenly lumbers through your mind and like so we're going to take a bit of this or the, we're going to take a bit of this and we're the drunken sailor away. reeling from bar to bar so there's <laughs> you know this this four shot story over here and yeah. this horror story over here and yeah this oh my god i got it beat up by shore patrol story i don't know it, at the same time though i can tell you i didn't have any of those experiences uh-huh you? well the four mm-hmm. shots maybe but, but I can tell you that there are dreams that I've had that I 100% know what they are about. Like, dreams about work that contain concerns at work are obviously my right. brain working through things I'm worried about. But it could just be that pathway that fired off a memory that happened at work. But so many other things come in that you know really didn't happen at work. Well, right. Or because aren't realistic. One of the dreams that I had at work was that Donald Trump bought our school and decided to fire me. <laughs> I have to say, though, I'm really disappointed by the fact that even while he was having this conversation about whether or not I actually needed to be full-time because I didn't necessarily do enough work to constitute full-time, even though in the well, dream... Well, could say the same about his president. Mm-hmm. Even though in this dream I knew he was going to fire me, I never had the asshole actually say, you're fired, which I'm kind of disappointed by because that's his whole fucking tagline. And I didn't get that release. In the same dream when I was working through stuff that I'm legitimately dealing with, I also had our friend Anne show up with a uh, a pram, like an old school, like stroller style, right? Like not the stand-up kind, but the lay-down yeah. kind. Where she had one of those um, very realistic baby dolls, like the reborn <laughs> dolls. in the stroller that she was pretending was a real-life baby and everyone else was playing along. So while a good portion of the dream was a reflection of the the issues and concerns I have at my job, not I mean, not the Donald Trump things, but other issues were were legitimate concerns, 
Then I had my friend Anne rolling in with a reborn baby and pretending like it was a legit baby. So that's Perhaps like, <laughs> we should contact her and see whether or not this is a concern we should be having. Well, I did text her, and I told her about it. She's like, you need to stop drinking before you go to bed. <laughs> and I said, bitch, you're the one. <laughs> that's <laughs> not the point. Who <laughs> was at work with a baby doll pretending it was real. Yeah. So who's got the drinking problem? Who, who has the issues? Who's got the dreaming problem? <laughs> So, there are, okay, so I have dreams that I can say, yeah, that's absolutely a connection to concerns that I have in my real life, and I totally understand why I'm having them. So, if it's something that I'm afraid is going to happen, my dreams will play it out, and there's other times when it's completely nonsensical. But there are also times I have dreams that I know are playing on my greatest fears. I don't like pooping in public. I frequently have dreams where I am in a location where I have to go to the bathroom and my only choice is a toilet that is in a very public location. <laughs> and so in the dream, one time it was in a big open room like a loft space and it was a toilet just in the middle of the room. <laughs> and there was a big old party around it and my only choice for using it was to just sit in the middle of this big old party and take a shit. Is that... Did you do that? In the dream? Yes. Yes. Okay. In the dream, I I was did. like, wasn't one of these, like, you were, like, getting ready to pull your pants down and you woke up? And No. And then I, you were actually pooping? I wish... <laughs> I was going to say I wish it had been, but that would imply I wish I'd been pooping. No, I have not, ha- not shit the bed in one of these dreams. <laughs> this is the fifth time this week! <laughs> but that that's a recurring dream, is, is having to use the bathroom. I have recurring dreams where I am living in old houses that I don't have great memories of, and I'm glad to have left, and I'm back there again. And here's this other really fucked up recurring dream I have, okay? So I have dreams where I have... Wake up next to Steve every day. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was a joke. I joked. (laughs) So I would love for someone to interpret this one for me. Uh, Okay, so there's one where I'm always, like, trying to travel someplace or move someplace, and I can't contain all my stuff or pack it up quickly enough. That I can kind of get. Basically, I have a shit ton of baggage, and I don't know what to do with it, and it's Mm -hmm. more for me to handle. Mm -hmm. That I get. The other one is I will have dreams where I'll revisit old homes. Again, I have this whole thing where I'm going back to old houses that I've lived in, and they're usually ones that have, like, a lot of emotional baggage to it. I was going to say, obviously, you have a process trauma. Yes. 100%. And very negative connections with certain... She may not have processed it, but she has no problem talking about it. Well, yeah. I'm very verbal, thank you. Anyway. (laughs) That's why I do English stuff. I... Yeah, I talk for a living, thank you. Anyway. So, in these dreams, I will go into the basement of these homes. And there are racks of aquariums. But they're ones that have been neglected for a very long time. So at one time they had fish in them. Now they're all cloudy and muddy because they have been left for too long. And when I go to approach them, something moves. So that means that these aquariums that have been neglected for years and have turned murky and dark and disgusting, something is still alive. So there's like zombie fish alive in these tanks. I think it's saying that even though you're jaded and you've lost you've lost faith in humanity, deep down there's still hope inside and it's stirring. Either but that it scares or me and it's it shouldn't be you're alive. afraid no. to accept that there's still hope inside. Either that or I definitely need to get one of those night vision cameras <laughs> that watches the bedroom so um so that you know whatever that 
whatever happens to me, the police will have evidence. Of the zombie fish and yes. basement <laughs> aquariums coming to get you? Fucking zombie fish. That's what I dream about. Or I dream about having wads of bubble gum in my mouth and I try to pull it out and I'm like yanking at it and yanking at it and it's like attached to my back teeth and I can't get it all out. So Y'all can't see my face, but I'm absolutely petrified right now. Her dreams are terrifying. So I feel like those I feel like those dreams are about me wanting to speak and not being able to because we need So to before speak. anybody in Hollywood writes a screenplay or any adaptation, we trademark it. We're if anyone in Hollywood's listening to, to this, us the fuck to get the rights. Off. We trademarked zombie fish and we trademarked mouths full of gum. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah. In those dreams, yeah, I will, I will be trying to pull out wads of gum, and I can't, and I keep tugging and tugging and tugging and tugging, and it's like ropes of, of thick taffy, and I can't get it out. So I feel like those are probably symbolic of the fact that I feel like I need to speak out, and I can't. I have dreams sometimes where I'm in a location where, uh, like, a mall or a library or a school that's closing down, and I need someone to come pick me up and give me a ride home, and I'm trying to dial a number, and I keep misdialing. So I have a lot of dreams where I cannot dial the correct number. A lot number. of dreams where you cannot, can't communicate. Cannot dial the right number correctly. I get yes. That, get you that do? One. Yes. Okay, that happens to me all the time. Like, or in the dreams I have like Never. fat fingers, like Homer Simpson from like, okay, so there's the Simpson episodes where he got so fat because he wanted to um, get disability for being overweight. <laughs> yeah, he would only wear moo-moos. Yeah. So he had to get in a dialing shot. wand yeah. because when he was trying to press the keys, his fingers were so fat they would mash multiple keys at the same time. That's like my fucking dreams. I don't think I've ever had that dream. The first few minutes where we were talking about crossing the lawn, did I mention the dream about being back in the military? Yeah, that you were on... Dep- in, in this episode. Yes. Yeah, you mentioned not, that earlier. Not the one about crossing the lawn. Deja this vu! This is the same episode! No, okay. I, get, well, I just want to make certain because there, we were talking for like 30 minutes in the, about the previous episode where we came up with a new episode. No, we weren't talking about a previous episode. We no, we came up about- with a new one. The first we were, 30 minutes we were recording this one. Um, but, so, the you went down into the basement, and the aquariums were dirty and murky, and it's almost, you, it's almost like you're embarrassed, because who would have that? But they also... Why do you have all these dirty, murky aquariums in your basement? Well, I also felt guilty, because what that means is whatever was alive in there, I had let die. So I had, I had and, essentially and you, killed them. You killed and, your inner child, but it's stirring. And, but you, you had the gun. But I'm terrified of it. You had the gum that you wanted to pull out, but you couldn't seem to get rid of it because it's like if you went to a dentist and they saw a gum in the back of your teeth, you, you'd be like, you, you, it, it's almost like there's something wrong with me because this shouldn't be this way. Well, yeah, there's and something like, wrong with me. <laughs> but I, 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 it's almost like that has more to do with the fact that you felt like there were these fears in your past or in your present, like you didn't, there, there was a fear of shame or something like that. Well, I, I mean, I, I also, I, I do think the gum one is, it's probably based on the fact that there are t- situations where I feel like I should speak out or I wish I could speak out, but I can't for whatever reason. Like, I have to keep the peace, so I have to keep it quiet. I also have uh, a lot of dreams of my teeth falling out, mm-hmm. which is a very common dream. I have to say, though, for me personally, because I've had a lot of dental issues, I broke teeth when I was eight years old. I broke them off on the side of a pool, so I had to have work done then. I had teeth that didn't come in. I've had so much dental work done on my mouth that for me, it's um, I feel like it's a reflection of, of the issues I've had in the past. And let's face it, it's a vanity issue. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of things I can imagine going wrong with me that I wouldn't really give a shit about. I'm not super vain. I think everybody has a certain amount of vanity. Right. 
not having my teeth, having my teeth broken, even a bridge, there was a while uh, where I broke a chip off one of my front teeth. I think when you and I got married, Steve, that I still hadn't gotten it fixed yet. Yeah. And so there was a chip out of one of my front teeth thanks to a beer bottle. Oh, anyway, drinking problem. Yeah, it was literally. Like, <laughs> that's it, my girl. But it was a, it was, um, it was a, it was a tooth that had been built back up. So it wasn't like the actual tooth had gotten chipped. It was the enamel that right. had been laid on it because it was one of the teeth I broke off as a kid. Yeah, and I chipped it off, and it wasn't super noticeable. But I remember being very self conscious about it for a long time. And I have had issues where I was very self-conscious about my teeth because I've had so much work done on them and I've had ones that broke or, or never exist. Like, I've got fucking well, weird-ass that, teeth. That, that harkens back to the <clears throat> idea that when you're dreaming, the emotional centers of your brain are highly active. Right. Yeah. The things that are the most emotionally disturbing to you... Or most vulnerable. Most vulnerable right. to you that brings those out come creep back up into your dreams. Right. So that makes total sense for I, me because yes, I because I, I have, believe it. I get that part. But I have I've had issues where I've had problems with my teeth. So it makes sense I would have dream about a dream about that. However, by and large, so I looked up the most common dreams that people have and teeth falling out was number 2. So for me I get it cuz I've had issues with fucked what up the, teeth. What the hell was number 1? Falling. falling. Oh, yeah. So I don't have dreams of falling, but I have dreams on being on top of very, very tall, narrow buildings that sway. So like when the wind uh, blows, they lean. Oh, no. So like <laughs> I'm on the very top of this building and they're leaning, like the wind blows and it leans to the left or the right. I don't have to dream. If I go up inside any building that's over 10 stories tall, once I get out and I start walking around and the closer I get to the windows, I can feel them moving. Can you? Yes. <laughs> well, when go. we went to Key West and we climbed to the top of the lighthouse, he would not go out and look around. No. I was fine. No. I was okay taking... I don't have a problem with heights. However, I do have recurring dreams where I'm in the top of a very narrow building that sways in the breeze. And Between and Portis out. and Whidbey Island, they have Deception Pass Bridge. So it's 200 plus feet down to the water. And as soon as I, I walk right up to where the bridge span starts, and as soon as I put my foot over onto the span, I can feel it vibrating. And I'm like, nope, no, thank you. I've done it twice. I will, I have, I will not, I, I have not, no, I will have nothing to do with this. Now, this is a guy who flew. I have many <laughs> thousands of flight hours. But apparently height <clears throat> above 500 feet, your eyes cannot perceive height. Depth, depth perception goes away but if the the ground i'm standing on if it tremors if it shakes we uh during chief's initiation we were marching in formation and we got to a point where there was a bridge over a road or a river i don't actually remember looking down because i would not fucking look down <laughs> but as we walked across it and we were as soon as we got on the bridge as we were all stepping together you could feel the bridge start to quiver and shake with yeah. each step and that's when they call the order route, step, march. And that order is to get everybody, says, get out of step. Because they don't want everybody's footfall coming at the same time. Because when everybody's footfall, once you magnify 200 people at 200 pounds apiece, is a significant amount of weight. Yep. And if that weight falls all at one instance, the bridge is not rated for that. So that's uh-huh. where they came up with actually, they, they, the, the uh, Marine Corps parade manual, uh, which is what the Navy follows, 
because they're better at it. Um, they actually have a command that says, get out of step. And yeah. then you have another command that gets you back in step. Well, naturally. But the you know, route step mark. And I was like, I was so happy when that command would come because then you, could, you couldn't feel that anymore. But you could still, there was a little something. Driving across steel bridges over like the Mississippi River wigs me out. I get into the inside lane. I don't care how slow I'm going. I don't go slow. But, because I want to get across. Right. But I will not do that. I don't like that. And but the, the, the feeling of the ground underneath me, I have woken up in earthquakes out in I can't do it. it we, yeah. Fortunately, I don't dream about that. Airplanes. I dream about crazy shit that doesn't really impact my day-to-day life. Maybe it does and you just don't know it does. Well, the, the things that scare me in my day-to-day life or, or cause me concerns, okay, you know, we got to balance the checkbook, got to take care of things, make sure things keep going. If you had that's nightmares about balancing checkbooks, I would never talk to you again. That is the, <laughs> well, well, that, that, that would be the dorkiest nightmare ever. No, so that's not the nightmares I have. I, 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 the biggest nightmares I have to do are about, you know, what if I don't do the right thing? I'll be ashamed if I don't do the right thing. I need to do the right thing. Th- those are I, why. I don't know why that's the weirdest thing for me. Although uh, I have... Re- Repeatedly, on occasion, have the weird dream about being naked in a situation that naked. Well, that's a, naked, but naked. I was gonna. That's another gonna slide. In that's a situation number, that 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 shouldn't. Well, that's um, number three. That was number I never. I can't. Like I've had falling dreams. I've had one or two teeth falling out dreams, and I can't think of a single time I've had a dream about being naked. Well, that that's actually wasn't a, a very purposeful part of the dream. <laughs> Well, so apparently a lot of times dreams are uh, a reflection of, of, of our societal norms and expectations. And so, like, the idea of, of showing up someplace naked for certain people is, is very upsetting because, depending on your society, that's something that's very shameful, right? So, I'd be very good So yeah. the idea of uh, nudity as social exposure seems universal, even in tribes that wear very little. In most cultures, inappropriate clothing means shame and that comes from um a time article on the meaning of dreams which i think is interesting that like but i you could also argue that it's vulnerability that when you don't have clothes you're also lacking uh armor protection yeah Yeah, so like when you're i don't have a lot of um naked dreams to be honest that's not my big think of any my biggest recurring i have falling dreams on a semi-regular basis i have dreams where i'm being murdered or killed on a semi-regular basis. I think when we were at dinner the other night, I mentioned my 16th birthday. The dream I had I woke up from and remembered was me getting my throat slit. Oh. So that was a weird way to wake up on my 16th. That, that seems pretty vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and then my most common recurring one now is probably being like going to like public restrooms and stuff and needing to go to the bathroom. But the toilets are like overflowing, like actively like turds and water like <laughs> at the top of the water bowl so like spilling out yeah so if i sit on it i'm sitting in poop or pee water that one and then also being in the shower at the house that i grew up in that had sliding doors yeah and it's like filling up yeah like because like it's clogged up like because my father will never clean the shower <laughs> that is a legitimate part of it, but also just like, and I'm in there and like the water just will not drain out. So I have dreams that involve lots of water. Yeah. And sometimes there's poop in it. <laughs> poop water. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. 
Well, I mean, I can... I would suspect that a lot of these dreams are... I are feel like I'm drowning in shit. Well, I, I, I think Ooh. that... I think that a lot of our dreams are probably symbolic. I think that a lot of them are primal. Yeah. Um, a lot of them harken back to the types of things that everyone fears, like darkness or being chased or being murdered or violence. Like at that, right. or being vulnerable. Our current culture, we translate that as being naked, literally naked, but right. it's also a metaphorical nakedness as well, and you're being vulnerable. So... Um, it makes sense to me that, that we would dream about that. Some of the other most common dreams that people have involve test taking. I don't tend to have that, but I do have dreams where I'm like halfway through a semester and realize I haven't gone to class. I have those and, um, being in high school and not knowing how I'm going to graduate because I know I'm not going to pass senior English. That is a very specific Fucking recurring English. Right. Because Mr. Gugash's papers were very involved in like comparative <laughs> literature, and it was just very hard. Words are hard. Words are. They are. And um, how do you compare All Quiet on the Western Front front and Herman Hesse's Siddhartha? For God's sake, man. That's a lot for a 17-year-old. Oh, and you have to read so much, too. God. Ugh. Books. Ugh. Analysis. Synthesis. Books. Too much. Uh, dying is Bullshit. another dream. I actually don't have a lot of dreams about dying. Like I said, my tend to be about raging and zombie fish and shit like that. Again, my biggest one tends to be about me trying to pack my stuff up and transport it from one place to another and not being able to do so. I also have one that I'm supposed to be going, like it's very obviously me supposed to be going on my like post-senior year trip to France and like the bus is waiting and like everybody's going and either we get to the airport or we get like on the bus on the way there and I discover that I forgot my passport or I never remembered to get one. <laughs> and then there's also the same thing, but like I miss the bus or I miss the train because I'm trying to pack all my stuff and I'm trying to like yep. cram everything and I just don't have time. Yep. And like, then I realize like, Oh, everybody's going to leave. I'm like, I'm fucking like stuff like that. So the, uh, an, an analogy I have for the type of dream that I have is, um, in Stargate, the movie. James Spader is kind of like the nerdy scientist. And hot. He, well, there's that too, but. She is hot and nerdy. So. <laughs> Aw. Thanks, Thanks, babe. And I wear glasses too. I'm like the female James Spader. But not the shitty one from Pretty in Pink. <laughs> the, the good one from Stargate. Anyway, so, um. There's that scene where they've reached their destination in the in the new planet universe, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a long time since I've watched it. I have not it. watched it in a very long time. And he has his suitcase full of like books and shit, and it opens up on the dune, and everything starts blowing out, <laughs> and he's there trying to collect it, and everybody else is kind of making fun of him, including French Stewart, who plays kind of like a douchey soldier, which I think is funny because French Stewart is like this skinny little... Nerdy guy. Yeah, not... Who I absolutely love in Third Rock from the Sun, which is one of my all-time favorite shows I've watched through a a number of times. Um, James Spader, nerdy James Spader, going around trying to gather up his books and put them back in his suitcase is, like, the the perfect image for me in various (laughs) dreams. Me trying to gather up all my shit and and put it... Not getting help... 
not having enough time, not having enough space, and trying to get all my shit together. Obviously, that's a metaphor for life. For my fucking emotional baggage that I cannot get There's together. too much. I can't get it yeah. all. Yeah. On rare occasions, I've had dreams about Steve and, like, abandoning me. and But those, those are pretty rare. It doesn't happen very often. So I don't think that that's in the forefront of my brain. Um, so other common dreams. Uh, meeting a celebrity. Uh, which Wish I, fulfillment. Yeah, oh, right. I've had those dreams too, but again, they always morph into someone else at the moment where I'm actually about to have a real conversation with them. Uh, being chased is another one. And I don't know if you guys have had this, but like my, sometimes it doesn't happen very often. I've had very few dreams about being chased, but when I do, like my feet inevitably turn to lead. So when I try to run, I can't. And I'm like in slow motion and I'm trying to pick up my feet and I can't do it. I do not have that. Yeah. So, but it also reminds me of a. So I'm just going to roll out a bunch of pop culture references here. So Kids in the Hall, they used to have a skit with Mr. Um, what was it? I can't remember the French. It's like Pied, El, is it Lord? I can't remember. His name's Mr. Heavyfoot. <laughs> and Dave Foley plays one. him. And he has like feet that are basically made of like steel. So he's trying to walk in everything he does. He can't walk very quickly. So there's one where he, like he learns to drive a car. And of course it's terrible because his feet are so heavy that when he presses on the gas or the brake, like it's always an extreme reaction. But that's in my dreams, that's almost what it's like. It's like having gigantic steel feet that you can't carry lift up. Right. Um, cheating partner is another common dream. Being late. Flying, which Steve, you said that you and yeah, I absolutely agree that that is wish fulfillment. Although the one dream I distinctly remember having as a child about flying, I was in a in, in a like an open lawn area near my house, and there were people who were jumping up and trying to grab my feet and bring me down. Well, I'm, I'm I'll have to digress there at that point because when I talk about flying, I'm talking about lucid dreaming. Those are dreams. So you can control it. There are dreams where. The dream is, rec- I recognize it as being so freaking even beyond Hollywood. I- outside of reality to the point where I must be dreaming. And there, that's when I have actually had dreams where I could fly and I could just, just soar through the clouds and have done that. Um, I uh, the, the two biggest... Uh, well... There are things that sometimes happen in my dreams that my brain says, no. This is, this is not real. This yes. is a dream. And, and it, when it breaks the bonds of reality. And outside of what you might think are physical things that throw you outside of reality, I am able to tell myself, no, you're not back on active duty. You're retired. We're done. We're done. And eventually, I can usually break out of that dream, and I can lose a dream. The other one is, I'm still married to my ex-wife. And the kids are around, and your kids are around, and you're around. And all this, and it was like, at, at some point, my brain goes... <laughs> oh, my God! That's some polyamory bullshit that I'm not on board no, for. No, my brain... Because, you, because <laughs> that my falls brain, under cheating partner! No, no, no. My brain rebels, and it says, no, no, no. This is not right. This is wrong. The front window's open, so buddy's barking at a sound he hears outside. Oh, okay. My brain says, no, this is not. And that's what breaks me into the lucid dreaming, because I realize I'm dreaming. I've had one or two instances where I've recognized that I was lucid dreaming, and I said, you need to wake up. Hey, 
I said you need to wake up. This is not real. But my brain wouldn't respond. And I was... Dare it. That's actually... There, there was a bit of fear that crept up at that point because it's like, wait a minute. No, I know this is not real. And I need to wake up. That and is... it did not happen. And I was like, oh my God, I know this isn't real and you have to wake up. And this in, this involved uh, I, uh, the loss of my job. I, the funny thing is, is it took like three or four times before finally I broke out of that dream. And then got into the fact that, oh, but I didn't go into lucid dreaming when that... The one time I had to go like four different times before I broke out of it. I did not wake up into lucid dreaming. I woke up. The only time that I... I don't normally wake up when I realize it's a dream. I can't... I just let myself go back in the dream. Okay, so there are techniques, and I didn't include them in this research, but you can can look up techniques to help you with lucid dreaming. I saw something about that. Yeah, there are also a lot of people who suggest keeping dream journals. I have some fucked up dreams recorded in journals, but I certainly don't record all, all of them, although now I have... Verbally I'm going to say I have a dream here. journal and I found it the other week and I haven't written anything in it in like yeah. seven years. I yeah. was like, wow, really? But that's supposed to be able to help with lucid dreaming. Yeah. Typically, the only time that I'm able to wake myself up usually is when it's a dream where I'm trying to pee and I'm doing it and okay. I'm like... Those I, dreams happen. And I've gone to the bathroom and in the dream, I'm like, I don't feel any better. Why don't I feel better? And then I wake up and I go, oh, it's because dreams, I actually have to yes. get up and go pee. I do occasionally Dream, have those. Dreams can be... Um, I have I dreams treated. where I'm spitting things out or spitting at people and I wake up because I've just spit <laughs> on my pillow. I Not the drool, but like actually went like... I woke myself up laughing one time. What, for whatever funny. reason, I, I was laughing at something in a dream, and, and I laughed out loud and woke myself up Dexter, Dexter used to giggle himself awake. Uh, when he was a baby and would be laying in bed and take naps, like I'd like look over and he'd be laying there and he'd be like... That's pretty fucking and cute. It was, it was fucking <laughs> adorable. Knowing him now as a person, I suspect he was dreaming about murdering people. So well, it's, now it's terrifying. Yeah, I, was yeah. If he, yeah. I don't know if he still does it now. I've not noticed it. In the uh, it would be concerning. <laughs> what were you dreaming about, Dax? I'm a little afraid for you to tell me. <laughs> Nothing, Baba. And the, and the reason- <laughs> he actually kind of laughs like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. I love in, you, in, Dexter. In the research, the biggest thing they talked about was a phone ringing. You can dream you're hearing a phone ringing, and it's probably because in the outside world, you're actually hearing a phone ringing. Alarms. So, so the real Yeah, I've had alarms, alarms incorporated yeah. into so dreams. there are real things that can intrude. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the odd thing is, um, I don't know, that strange sounds will wake me up, though. Not, but not your snoring. <laughs> not my own snoring. It's not strange to him, apparently. No, That's not, right. not my own snoring. Okay, Although you said that. How often do I snore? Not, not very often. Thank no. you. <laughs> you were implying that my snoring rake, wakes you up regularly, and it does not because no, I don't snore that, that was like once or twice. This so is a mild segue. We could cut it out if we need to later, but I just want to talk about how Morgan's giving me like sexy eyes from the bed over there. Of course, now he's looked away and made me look like a liar. So maybe we can cut this out and put it into the episode about crossing the line. What is the line? <laughs> oh, I didn't say it was Why does the, the line, line matter? Well, no, no, he's teasing you. Right. Isn't that crossing the line? Uh, he's just so relieved that he wasn't the one who had to go to the vet today. That's fair. Yeah. 
he and I told you how he kept I brought it out he kept running away from me. Like, nope 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 that's <laughs> funny and it was like he would look at me and his little ears would go back you, and he'd run away you pulled out the small plastic box I'm like I'm not gonna trust he's looking you. at you like you think I sound like that how no. dare you this time it wasn't for you I think he's finally forgiven me he's finally realized I'm not taking him to the vet no he see see he's Good. trying to get past you to me see he agreed with me using yeah. that voice no no, he no, just wants to get to me. That's <laughs> all right. So, um, anywho, uh, so we talked about flying. So think, yeah. uh, being pregnant is another very common dream. I, I can unequivocally state. I have unequivocally, unequivocally state. I've never had that dream. I don't know if I have. I'll have it on occasion. Um, not a lot, but it does in in this stage in my life freak me out. I'm not gonna yeah, lie, I'm gonna say that. Not good be, with yeah. that. I'm yeah, forty five years old. I have six kids, if you count biological and step, and I have four step grandchildren. Yes, we do. I am too fucking old for any more of my own kids. And I've been fixed, so he put. I wish people could see Steve's liberal use of finger quotes. Yeah, I'm going to say, when you do that, that makes it concerning. Like, you're right. not actually... That implies well, he's well, not fixed. Let, let, let me, let That'll me like that. Be, that'd be my, like me going, I'm sterile. When you use quotations, yeah. when you use quotations, you're implying that you mean the opposite of what you say. So, so when you say fixed okay, in so quotation I'll, marks, it means yeah. you're not fixed. So I'll just say, okay. That'd be like saying, yeah. I love you. We, right? ha- we, <laughs> we have six kids and... To this point, four grandkids, and there will be no more children. And one grand dog. <laughs> grand dog, okay. A grand dog. So, aside from grand anything, there will be no more dreams yeah. between. No. I'm too tired for that shit. I can't handle it. I cannot imagine. I, I love babies. I cannot imagine starting over. See, why do I not have nightmares about that? Because See, I love that babies would be, too, but then I'd have kids. I think. Although, I did tell you right from the beginning, I was like, you know what? If we did, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. No. I think we'd be a. Wouldn't it, though? It would be exhausting. Exhausting, crazy. Listen to a baby cry while we're recording our podcast. God. <laughs> it would be but, as, but as far as such my, an inconvenience, because horrible inconvenience. But we're talking about dreams. But the funny thing is, is like we we talk we we act like that would be a horrible dream. But the fact of the matter is, if it happened, we've gone through so much that we I think even actually okay. agree. We would be okay. It wouldn't yeah, be the end of the world. In fact, we might actually, between the two of us, be, be pretty good be parents. pretty amazing at this yeah. point. I was going to say, I think it would break you, too. I think you'd just be done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll just give it to one of my children to raise. <laughs> wow. Jack, you're almost 22. You got this. You're ready for a baby? Here. <laughs> Well, my daughter has made it very clear that she's not interested in either of her parents conceiving children with other partners. She is very strong on that. Has anyone explained to her that, unfortunately, she has little to no say in that? We don't bother. Regardless of whether or not... You know what? We let it slide because at the end of the day... Neither of those points are relevant anymore. Right. So, yeah. Steve is fixed. Her dad is fixed. It's not going to happen. So, nope. we're we're content to be like, yeah, that's Unless fine. Unless somebody gets a hair up their ass and decides to adopt. Nope. Or if there's a freak of nature and then all again, of a sudden the, va- the, the vast <laughs> deference just reconnect out Which of nowhere. Which, 10% of the time, they reconnect. Is that not scary? I do not have to worry about that. A, because I don't have vast deference. But also... <laughs> 
<laughs> also because my tubes were removed and there is no reconnecting. Right. Well, well so yeah, Steve said, terrifyingly, I did find a thing that talked about a woman, so far there's only been one, who got pregnant after her tubes were removed and it was not ectopic. It well, made it to her uterus. The eggs well, when jumped they, the gap. When they <laughs> there was no gap to jump. Like, literally, there's nothing. Oh, I read that and I was like, okay, now I'm oh, so the, the ovaries are well, in their did, own little bubble. When they bubble. say tied... Did they tie them or did they just cut them? No, she no. said they like removed they them. They were removed. Yeah. Well, when you say tubes were removed, they're gone. They come. take. They don't cut them anymore. They take. They out take out. So you have tube. freestanding ovaries, yeah, and a uterus with nothing in between. There is nothing at all. There's there is no canal no. whatsoever. Is there whatsoever. anything that prevents them from? I. I it, no, there's cr- nothing to grow thing. back. There's nothing well, to grow back or or re- reconnect. Yeah. I, I, when I had my. That's why they do it. They found that removing that they found that clamping the tubes, work. the thing I, they used to clamp them, was causing cancer. Oh, fuck! So oh, they just started horrible. pulling the whole tube out because they said you don't want it anyway. So there is. Well, thank God we live in a modern era where they do things correctly. Yeah, when I had my thing no done, tubes. the guy talked about there's a. Uh, well, I don't know what they do with your fucking. Well, parts. They, they talk about. <laughs> they they talk about girls. They, <laughs> uh, my parts are different than girl parts. The guy, yeah. As you guys have penises, and we have vaginas. We're Audis, we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> when they were getting cut, they talked about the fact that, 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 that there was a point in time where they would just cut them, and then there was a point where they tied them, and then they started doing this, the burning, the ends. Cauterizing, but, Cauterizing yeah. them, but they would, they would burn them so much that they would scab over, and when the scab dropped off, that the raw part would want to reconnect. No, envisioning like and, <laughs> and they would have floating scabs <laughs> and men's cavities. And that's why Bic is such a successful company because they use their lighters to cauterize. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that's probably not the way to go. But they do. Uh, they actually cut out a, a full centimeter of the length, and then they they do the light so cauterizing. So they can't jump the gap. Yeah, so they can't jump the gap, and then yeah. they tell you, "We don't care. You need to come back in six months." And <laughs> I uh, stroke out a load and let us talk. Oh, I hope that's how they word it. And Medically speaking, can you come back and stroke out a load? We need you to come back in a couple of months. Because we need to make sure. Because we need to make sure again. you don't have any swimmers. This podcast is a train wreck. We're disaster. Well, we were just visiting nightmares. You think it's done, <laughs> and it isn't done. They just keep going. You have to jerk off forever. <laughs> and going and going and going. Oh. Okay. So la- <laughs> lastly, <laughs> common. Sorry, guys. According to mental flaws, the most common <laughs> dreams. Uh, uh, the last one is driving an out of control vehicle. I have actually Don't had. Know that I've had that. Okay, one. so I've had. More than one dream where I have been in a car, and for whatever reason, it's it's too tight of a fit. So, like, my knees are up to my chest. That guy in a little car. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just imagining him dancing. So, like, it, it's almost like being in a clown car, right? So, like, in these dreams, I'm squeezed into this tiny vehicle, and my knees are hitting the steering wheel. And I'm trying to navigate between the pedals <laughs> on the floor, but they're so close together that I'm like, oh, I imagine this is what like someone who's six foot four feels in a compact car. <laughs> like, yeah, in a I feel bolt. like I'm I, right. I feel like I'm sympathizing with tall folks here. And in these dreams, I'm I'm driving, but everything is so cramped. Like my knees are hitting the steering wheel, so I can't steal properly, <laughs> steer properly, and then like my feet 
like I'm trying to hit the correct pedal, but they're so skinny and close together that I'm not sure. So I have actually had those dreams. And it's you not- know what? I've actually had that dream, but it's on a big wheel. Like the little big wheels you had as yes. a kid. But I'm a full grown adult trying to do it. I miss So I'm just not kid. really getting far. But that's how, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's that feeling where like your knees are up against yeah. your chest and you're trying to control it and you can't because you're so squeezed in. So there's a little bit of claustrophobia involved yeah. in it as well because you can't move and you're a bit entrapped. So I get that one too. So it's not like the vehicle is just careening everywhere. It's just that I'm supposed to be in control of it and I don't feel like I can manipulate the controls it, properly. It's about the lack of control. You're in a situation where you can see all these dangers around you. Yeah. But... No matter what you do or what your situation is, you you can't solve it. You can't fix it. You can't control anything about it. You just it's like being helpless. No, yeah, I, and for, I get and, that. And for me, it's it, it all has to do with being constrained. Which so if I had to interpret my own dream, I would argue that it's probably because I feel like I'm being uh, restrained from saying or doing what I would prefer to do. Again, with the same it, with the bubblegum dream. That mm-hmm. I, I wish I could say what I want to say, but for for whatever reason, I feel like I'm being censored, and so I can't, and, that, and that's where it comes to play. Uh, same thing with the rage dreams. I want to act out my aim, but the, what, what, what's weird often... I want to murder people, and I can't! I, I haven't killed anyone in a dream. But I just get really But your dream's the one angry. place where you could, in your dreams, you can do whatever you want, and it doesn't matter. To be fair, you can do whatever you want in real life, too. There are just consequences for yeah, it. Yeah, consequences, consequences. Unless you're rich. <laughs> and then it's fine. Uh, spe- so I had been asking you earlier, how is it that people can ignore subpoenas from Congress and not pay a penalty? I'm sorry, are we we getting off the dream issue now? And we are. Uh, I don't understand how in, in real life you can just say, topic. hey, so I know that I have legally been subpoenaed to appear in court and provide testimony, and I'm just going to ignore that, and it's fine. And I said, I ignore subpoenas in my dreams all the time. How, how can I do that without consequence but anyway but well, yes if you have a very powerful friend who can get a team of lawyers to mm-hmm. file injunctions against your subpoena you can at least delay it well can we it just give the appearance talk of, about how subpoena sounds like penis, <laughs> sub-penis. Every time. Well, right. these people do have subpenises so so you did some research stephanie into the history of dream interpretation this I, is something that's been going on for a very long time yes um there has been evidence found as far back as 3000 to 4000 bc um among sumerians and mesopotamia of dream interpretation um one specific thing it mentioned was the epic of gilgamesh which is an epic poem hence why it's called the epic of gilgamesh um <laughs> Although, if you're my son, everything's epic. (laughs) Gnarly! Um, There are numerous accounts of prophetic dreams throughout the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, Greeks also believed in the power of dreams as prophecy or omens. Um, So I read what I read and said, you know, Babylonians, Sumerians, Egyptians... Greeks all had various forms of dream interpretation. And did they put a lot of weight on that? Did they think that dreams were important, or did they consider them to be just kind of like nonsense? They generally all did. Um, you know, the Sumerians believed that they could very much were, you know, prophecy. They meant something. Greeks also. Um, there was also a part about the Greeks having um, temples, which were called what, a sky. 
Greek peons, I believe. <laughs> I'm sorry to my classics teachers that my grasp on Greek history is so awful. Go to Wikipedia if you're if you want to know more. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's where all that information from. But and they put people in them basically as healing, and they believe that the they can fill the temples up with like the power of dreams or something. I don't know. It was weird and it sounded strange and I gave up. Um, and then there is also the evidence of a book from 16th century China that was on dream interpretation called Lofty Principles of Dream Interpretation. Mm. And there are entire websites devoted to this. Oh yeah. But the thing that's is- the first thing you type in when you type in dream interpretation is yeah. literally just page after page of like Glossaries and yeah. indices. Oh, of I remember. And lots of sites that want you to pay money for them to interpret. Yes, your yes. and I and I remember uh, years ago. I might still have it tucked away somewhere. I'm not sure. Books about dream interpretation. I've, I had several when I was younger because being you know raised in a house with a hippie mom, like the dream interpretation thing was big. Yeah, but I have to say now, like I don't think that. Anyone who doesn't know you cannot accurately interpret your dreams. Like I don't think yeah. there may be some universal There's interpretations. Some commonalities, but right? Like, right. Yeah. Like being naked symbolizes vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think by and large, the dreams you're having are representative of the issues that you're having yeah. in your real life, and so. I could look at my dreams and I could say, oh, this means that, this means that, and I can tie it to things that are happening to me. Someone else having a similar dream, it's going to mean something well, else like, I mean, because doing of their something own experiences. Like, yeah, I'm going to say doing something general like saying, like, oh, if you dreamed about parents, it means it's a happy thing. Well, if you have a good relationship with your parents, then yeah, that would make sense. But if you have a horrible relationship with your parents, then reading a dream interpretation that says that's good, like, no, that's probably a bad dream for right. you. So yeah, there's, you know. Dreams are too personal for yeah. you to have a generic interpretation for each of them. Exactly. So I think that, that I I do think that dreams can mean something and I do think that it takes reflection and insight into your own situations. Yeah. I also think there, there are some dreams that are just purely nonsensical. Yeah. And it's just garbage. So like when I had the dream about Donald Trump buying my school and and... <laughs> Firing me, I think that it was because I had been out that day reading a bunch of shit about him. Yeah. And it just leaked into my dreams. So I do think that sometimes dreams are tainted by what you've seen. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, and there's not any deep sim- symbolism right. there. Because all just, have dreams that are, you know, like very much, you know, relates to something that's going on. And be like, oh, that makes total sense. Except mm-hmm. for the person that should be in the dream is like, the last coworker I cracked a joke with at work, and I'm like, yeah. well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why is she in this dream when right. it should be this guy? I don't want to have sex with her. <laughs> well, I'll have dreams. Or that- maybe I do, coworker unnamed. Uh, well, <laughs> so, but I'll have dreams where uh, celebrities will pop up. I have cameos in my dreams all the time, and they're not people who I'm necessarily interested in or attracted to. But I just happened to watch them in a TV show or a movie. Right. So they just kind of like leaked into what right. was happening. So I, on one hand, I think that... Susan Lucci, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh my God, if you it... mention their name, you're gonna, somebody's going to... Their publicist is going to get money. No. Like I said earlier, we said REM a bajillion times. Right. No. So if anything, we need to be worried about Michael Stone. Right. But I think it's okay because we're only talking about dreams on demand. It's fine. You're right. So I, I, I do think that there is an, an element to dreams that is a, a reflection of, of the junk that 
that you are collecting throughout the day. But I also think that there are times when dreams are a reflection of something you're dealing with. I can look at dreams I've had where I've said, oh yes, that absolutely has meaning and it reflects this and that that I'm going through. And then I've had others where I'm like, that was just fucking... I mean, after I watched Lost Boys with my friend Mindy when I was 13 years old, spending the night with my aunt, I had a dream about being hunted by vampires. Clearly, that was related to the fucking movie I just watched. Are you sure? Okay, so... Because um, to be fair... <laughs> so, guys... Nobody I, else in Santa Clara knew there were vampires. So, guys, I think so, I'm being hunted by vampires, and if you could help me, I'd really appreciate it. Somebody call the Fry Brothers! <laughs> <laughs> or... But one of them's dead! There's you, only one... No, a... no, no, that's not true. It's Corey Feldman and some other... Dude, I was thinking Corey Feldman and Corey, oh, Corey Haim. Yeah, no. Corey, Corey, Corey Haim was... Feldman and then that other kid. Uh, uh, yeah, Corey Haim is dead, but he was not a frog brother. He was... He yeah. was just... He was Jason Patrick's younger. But that's what makes me sad. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, maybe you just had a crush on the... Uh, no, the I, I never had a crush on the Corys. Let me make that very clear. I never had a crush on the Corys. I still have a crush on Corey Feldman, but only younger Corey Feldman because current Corey Feldman is nuts. No. I did have a crush on Jason Patrick from that movie, not going to lie. Although I was... Yeah, he was okay in that, actually. He was okay. Yeah. He was all right. He's very dreamy. But as we've already established, I like ugly, sexy, and he's kind of pretty. Well, that's why so I was he's not the, my the, bag. Well, who's the other, the lead boy vampire? Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. He is kind of goofy looking. Oh, there you go. He, uh, Bite he, your tongue. <clears throat> not, not. N- Kiefer Sutherland is goofy looking. Oh my God, why did you say so? He's gorgeous. Okay. Actually, I'm kind of into Donald Sutherland. Is that weird? Because he's like 80 something. I don't care. He's got a great voice. He has kind of what you would call neck nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? We're going to have to print a retraction on that no, one. No, we are no, not. Sorry. Uh, okay. Donald Sutherland is not listening to our podcast. <laughs> okay. If he is, we're sorry, Mr. Sutherland. We had at least one person from the UK who downloaded this episode. I'm, I You're right. Know. It's probably it's Donald Sutherland. Sal- no, it was Sally. Certain he probably doesn't I'm sure it was Sally. Anymore. Anyway. I am not going to apologize for that because neck nuts is not a derogatory term. Okay, so oh. when I was listening, again, when I was when I used to regularly listen to Elvis Duran, still think it's a good show. People, please go listen to it. I don't anymore, but that's fine. Anyway, they talk about different voices for radio, and there are certain people who have a, this is going to sound pretentious, tombra for, for radio, no, right? No, no, like, no, it works. Right, okay, no, so. You got it. A co-worker of mine has a nice voice, and I once said he had neck nuts, too, and he looked kind of embarrassed, so I dropped it. But anyway, <laughs> it's not the same co-worker who smelled good. You smell amazing, and you have neck nuts. Anyway. I'm sorry. So, but I'm this sorry, is- baby. How do you feel about me now? I love your neck nuts. Anyway, so. Are, it's all are coming together. No, but that did come up in a conversation recently with my students about. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Anyway, so <laughs> neck nuts refers to a certain uh, type of voice that has a very like sensual deepness. So there are certain men, phone boys, who in radio, phone sex, have voice. a certain bass and vibration mm-hmm. 
that is perfect for radio, right? Like, so it has that, like, deep bass vibrational element to it. So when they speak, it kind of resonates, right? Those are called those are called neck knots. Those are called neck knots. Okay, it's disgusting. It is, but I like it. It is. So I don't know. So Donald Sutherland has that quality. I'm glad you explained it because now he knows since he's listening that we weren't right. So I mean, he's he's thanks, President Snow. Right, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) He has that that tonal quality to his voice that resonates in such a way that vocally it has an impact right just like nuts you can do it see like if you if you drop down to your chief's voice oh okay that that's <laughs> yeah that laugh is for his neck oh what i was gonna say is in the world of ellis duran i'm more like a craig t who recently left the show which i'm really sorry did about. he too yeah he went off to get a new show on his own so why is everybody yeah. leaving it's about fucking time i still want to know what bethany's doing but you know, it's mm. good. You know Bethany. Just Bethany stuff. Bethany. I need to look her up. I need to see what she's doing. But yeah, there's that. That. I mean, there are certain tonal qualities to voices that can be very pleasing. Yeah. I agree with you. And you, I know you don't like your voice, but you can drop no, it down to that. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't like the sound of my own voice. I, I know. To be I, fair, most people don't like the sound of their voice. <laughs> you, you, but people uh, love your voice, true. Stephanie. Yeah. I don't understand that shit. Y'all are fucking insane. But they. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't know. Sorry, how this, I insulted you, but what the I don't know how this goes into our <laughs> what is episode wrong about with dreams. You, but thanks. Right. But yeah, no. The, the sound of my own voice when I've heard it recorded and played back yeah. to me, I immediately shut off the playback device, and I was like, no, no, I don't need to hear. I, it. I don't want to. Did the same because I'm like, ah, I sound like I have a lisp. I just don't care. But I would the like voice, to acknowledge that sometimes when I lecture, I spit. So you know, there's that thing. Like you I don't get into it. I do. Right. Like I. <laughs> I get so I spit exci- on things when I'm into them. I get so excited that I generate a lot of saliva. <laughs> I'm just so excited. And if I don't swallow enough, sometimes when I'm talking, there's been more than one occasion where I've actually created a bubble and I'm like distracted by it, but I'm like, I have to keep talking. I have to not be like pay that attention one, to that. You'd be like spit. that one high school teacher I had who always had dry white spittle in the corner. I do not have lips. that. I do not have spittle in my Ugh. lips. I'm just saying, there has Ugh. been. On occasion, times when I've been talking, and I'll be like, <laughs> right? Like, or I'll be talking, and I'll like enunciate, like I'll say a hard K sound, and like just a tiny little spit, bit of spit comes out. I admit it, it happens. Flies across the room, lands yeah. on the student's face. But, but you don't dream about this. No, because that's well, my fucking should. reality. Sometimes I spit when I talk. I can't help it. I was talking to Doug the other day, and I said something, and I was like, ha! <laughs> And I spit on his wrist and I reached over and I wiped it off. I go, I'm sorry. I said it. <laughs> oh. I'm very juicy. I can't. Well, I'm just yes, so fired are. up and it just did, it fills me with moisture. Fortunately, he didn't seem particularly offended, so I feel good about that. But yeah, um, I can't help it. It happens. I get worked up and I'll spit a little bit. <laughs> I spit a little bit. Ah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, oh god. So I guess we should finish. I'm gonna 
That's what she said. I feel like this is going to be another twofer. That was over two hours long. Well, the first 30 minutes where we were talking about crossing the line, we were going to cut that, cut that out and maybe start a new episode I don't know. Tomorrow. I don't know. I think maybe we should leave it. First of all, I think it's been a very entertaining evening. Maybe we should just cut this into two parts and let it go as it is. Yeah, I Would think you, so. Like, this first part of this podcast is just a bunch of random talking. Yeah. well, And we, not totally related to the second part. We've discussed before that I should just, like, go back to all the, the cut-out segments. <laughs> just throw a bunch of shit in there. So we could title it. I don't know, we get, because the, the the topic has gone around. We, um, so the first one will be nonsense and dreams. <laughs> the second will be dreams and nonsense. <laughs> dreams and spinning. <laughs> Robot dreams of nonsense? Would do, that be copyright infringement? Do android dreams of electric sheep? Oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> that, that would that's be Philip infringement. That, no, we should do that's so, what expired... Do podcasters That's what inspired... Um, do, do podcasters... Dream of electric sheep, <laughs> digital sheep. I don't know. So, or the, the nonsensical. Oh shit! I had one a second ago and I lost it already. Uh, but I, I do. But I do want to like give a little credit to the fact as I'd gone down that path and I didn't finish it. But like, so uh, do androids dream electric sheep inspired Blade Runner? Yes. With Harrison Ford. And Rutger Hauer. Probably recently died. Not Harrison Ford. R.I.P. Right? Yes, that was terrible. Daryl Hannah. Yeah, anyway, so that was... She's yeah. alive. She's alive, and so is Harrison Ford. You made no Daryl Hannah from the Academy Award nominated Splash. I love Splash. I loved it as a child. Loved it. Adored it. Anyway, Tom Hanks, it was a very sweet movie. Anyway, so yeah. Where the... What? I don't know. I think you're going to make a dirty <laughs> comment about Harrison Ford. <laughs> Probably, yeah. She loves him. Okay, so he was my first love as Han Solo, and then it was cemented as Indiana Jones, and then when he was in Blade Runner, I was like, ooh, what is this? I so I have to say, I've never really had a thing for him, but he is actually pretty appealing in Blade Runner. Right? I don't know why. Right? I mean, I would probably pick Rutger Hauer first, because okay, so you a could lot do, of things wrong with me. You could do a twofer. I feel like that would be a weird combination. Okay, but if it's your dream, you can do anything you want, right, Stephanie? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Wrecker Howard would just kind of go off and do his own thing. That is true. I don't trust him. <laughs> to pull the it would be something weird. Also, I don't know. Well, I do know why. Well, Every he... time I think of Wrecker Howard, I think of Pee Wee Herman, and I think it's because they were really? both. I think it's because they were both in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. But yeah, that's a connection in my head. I can't remember. I hardly remember the movie. I mostly remember the show, which the I'm a big fan of. Fa- I like the show too. Well, no, I love fabulous. I love the movie, but I've watched the show more than yeah. I watched the movie. We've gone. So I'm gonna say far this is off. really gone. Yeah, it's dreams, though. We're talking about dreams, so that means that we anything could happen. Right? Exactly. <laughs> your your eyes twitching. My eyes twitching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you two are doing the quotation marks. Oh, no, this is because we're mocking you. Oh no, 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 I'm sorry. What are you, what are your hand gestures doing now? Munchy munchy. Those no, are money ears. That was it. Mine was not a, a, a quote. It was a, just mocking my eyes. It was your eye twitching. It's open. Your eye is twitching. <laughs> Pinch your face. Pinch it. All right. Anyway, yes, crushing your head, kids in the hall. Anyway, so it's a good show. Um, Watch. I love it. If you can find it streaming. I don't it's know if it's beautiful. streaming anywhere. Or buy the series. They would appreciate it. I'll probably it. have to buy it. Yeah. I have to. 
Anyway, but I did. I was talking about a show earlier that had one of the characters from that, wasn't I? I think you even mentioned Kids in the Hall earlier. I did. Yes. Deja vu. It all it's cyclical circular. and circular. <laughs> I was going to say circular. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Remember when we said words are hard? Anyway, so that was our um, really bizarre. And rambling conversation about dreams, which is quite fitting because dreams are bizarre and rambling. Frequently. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, I can't even <laughs> remember what our thing is. Remember, it's not a competition. <laughs> We're all, We're fucked, all up. fucked up. That's right. Bye. Bye. That was really high pitched. I couldn't even. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.